Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And welcome back to the Man in the Post pre-season preview podcast. This episode, we are going to be featuring Manchester City, and my guest is David Mooney from the Blue Moon podcast. David, thank you very much for joining me, and how are you? No problem at all, Ali. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm not too bad, thanks. So uh, I hope everybody's well, and I hope you're well as well. Yeah, very. I am. Um, let's get straight into City then. Obviously, as, as a Liverpool fan, our, our biggest rivals when it comes to competition just now. So. Before we go on to the, the summer and the season upcoming, what, I mean, brief, briefly, how, your thoughts on last year? Obviously, league title wrapped up in a bag with a, a storming finish, really, from from really January, end of December onwards. You, you just made some incredible run. Obviously, the disappointment in missing out on the, that alluded Champions League, but, oh, I mean, now that the dust's all settled, I mean, you're over, overriding thoughts in the season just gone. Yeah, it's an absolutely. It was an absolutely weird season, um, and like I don't say that just because of the pandemic stuff as well. That that added to it, but like it, like everybody had a weird season because of the of, of the the nature of the of the of the season last season. Um, but for City, it was even even doubly weird because even as late as even as late as Christmas, we were all sitting there talking talking about how well it's not really going to plan, and you know it's not just not looking good. They're not playing entertaining football. You know Guardiola looks knackered. It just it looks like it's it's going to peter out. And he signed this contract extension, and I want to see something from him. I want to see something that suggests that he's going to turn a corner, and it's not just going to be this same old slog for the final kind of two and a half years of his contract now. And then they beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And after that, they they just kind of, they went on this run of winning. They won something like nearly 20 games on the bounce. And it was in there where we where we all kind of went, actually, they're, they're, they're doing all right now. And they're playing some ententaining football now. And they have, they have turned a corner. And part of me now, because so going into next season, is a little bit worried that what, what happened was Guardiola mastered how to play football in a pandemic. And now things are going to go back to how they were, and he's going to have to go right. Okay, start again, <laughs> and and just kind of build it up from from where it was. So it's last season was uh, it was fantastic in the sense of well, the, the second half of the season was fantastic. The first half, I remember, there was a point where I play I play football um, six aside, seven aside on a Tuesday evening. And there was a point where my mates were saying, oh, are you going to be available this Tuesday because City are playing? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, because they're just not entertaining to watch right now. And I just don't want, I don't want to put myself through another slog of, a, of either. A, you know, they, they were winning games in the, in the Champions League group stage, but it was like one nil or two nil. And it was a real chore to watch it sometimes. And then after Christmas, um, we were we were locked down again, and uh, so my football was off. And suddenly, they the games became a lot more enjoyable. 
And then when we unlocked again and, and, and my football came back on a Tuesday evening, I started being a little bit less available for, uh, for those Tuesday evening games because they were quite entertaining to watch when they were, when they were playing Dortmund and PSG by that stage. So, um, there was a definite kind of two halves to the season sort of feel to it. Um, and then when you kind of look at what they achieved, obviously they, like you say, they, they ran away with the, the Premier League in the end, built on that on, uh, incredible uh, winning run. Um, the Champions League final was a disappointment because they they got all the way there and then I, I I feel like they wimped out in the final and they didn't really give it it was like the occasion was too big for them um, and then you know they they won the League Cup which is uh, you speak to any City fan that's a staple of uh, of City diet right now you have to win the League Cup otherwise the season's a failure. Um, and then uh, the FA Cup again, they, they, they got to the semi-final and again, they, they kind of wimped out against Chelsea. And I, I, I kind of understand how and, how and why that happened in the run-up to the, the, the Champions League final. Um, but that meant that, that there should have been no excuses for the Champions League final. And in the end, it, it was the same sort of story. Um, so it's, it's, it's strange to say that last season ended uh, a little bit more disappointingly than, than we might have hoped for um, when they have won the title and they have won another cup. And, you know, it's, it, it's been a relentless, it was a relentless season for, for, for all competitions in that they played in every single game they could have done apart from one, the FA Cup final. Yeah, that's that's madness when you when you think about that, isn't it? That's a hell of a lot of games covered. I mean, thankfully your your squad is quality enough in depth as well um, for rotation. You don't really you don't really notice it too much, but yeah, um, it, yeah, it's, it's it's strange also hearing and and it, you're right. And I think like considering you were almost favourites to win four trophies, come the come the latter latter months of the season there. And, and only finishing with two, but it's, as you say, it's hard to be disappointed, really, when you, you run away with the league. <laughs> it's yeah, not the- I think, I, I, I do think on, just on the four trophies thing, um, I think it kind of says to me now that if, if City couldn't do it last season, it's probably not possible. Um, because they had the, they had the absolute perfect conditions to do it last season. They, they had such a big lead in the, in, in, in the, the Premier League. They could use the Premier League games to rest players and, and, and keep them fit for the, the key Champions League games, which they did. Um, and then there was that run where um, they had, uh, I think, I, I'm getting my fixtures mixed up now, but I think they had PSG and then the League Cup final and then PSG again and then the FA Cup semi-final. And I think that it, it was it, the game that gave was the FA Cup semi-final in all of that. Um, and I think if, you know, if City as, as deep as the squad is and with the situation they built in the, in the, in the Premier League, if they couldn't get over the line on all four trophies last season, I, I would be surprised if anybody ever was able to do it, you know. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think even just, even thinking about making four possible, I think only your squad is possible to do it, but the more teams are strengthening and we'll come on to this season as well, I think. This season of all the seasons you've won the league might be the hardest one for you to retain. I, I would say, um, I think there's four very capable teams this year. Um, so we'll come on to the summer where it's been um, just just one signing, I believe. Though, just uh, I mean, it's quite a big one. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they, not come cheap, has he? <laughs> definitely not. Um, so obviously, you signed Jack Grealish for a hundred million. You've met their release clause. Um, how do you feel he's going to fit into City and, and where do you think he's going to play or where do you see Pep playing him anyway? 
Yeah, this is um, th- what makes me nervous about uh, Grealish signing for City is um, uh, with with the money that they spent on him and it and uh, the, the the kind of headlines it's attracted. Uh, I think people from outside City, I think City fans will give him a lot of time, and I think Guardiola will give him a lot of time as well. But I think I think outside of City, the perception needs to be that he gets in and it, it starts working fantastically from from day one. Um, but historically, you look at uh, the players that City have signed under Guardiola, they've taken a season, they've taken a season and a half to really establish themselves in the team. I mean, City broke the transfer record to bring in uh, Riyad Mahrez. They broke the transfer record to bring in uh, Rodri. And these were these were players that in their first season, they really underwhelmed. And then in their second season, they looked they, they looked a hell of a lot better. Um, and Grealish at 100 million is like he just isn't going to get that time that that the that the other players got because okay you know 60 odd million for for Rodri 60 million for Mares while it was City's record it wasn't a British record and it wasn't the the, the most that any club had in in the Premier League had ever spent on a player um, so my worry for the season is that people are going to want to see instant results from Grealish and while he's a great player and while he impressed for Villa last season and while he impressed for for England at the Euros. Um, he he's just like anybody else, and he's going to need time to settle into City. Um, as for where he'll play, it's it's looking likely. I don't know that this is the this is interesting for how the rest of this summer can go, um, because Bernardo Silva isn't happy in Manchester. He's not uh, by all accounts he's not happy in England. He wants to he, he wants to move away. It's nothing to do with you know falling out with anybody at City. It's just simply the fact that he's he's not happy in the country, which is fine. It happens. Um, and so he's got his eyes on a move to Spain. Uh, they, they, they almost sold him to Barcelona last summer. Um, obviously with the state that Barcelona's in this summer, that's that, that ship is probably never even gonna, it's never even gonna lift anchor, let alone set sail. Um, so the other, the other option was, was Atletico Madrid. And the problem that, that city now have is that they're kind of top heavy right now. Um, so unless and if they can't get Bernardo Silva out of the club and, and get a decent offer, because they're not going to they're not going to turn around and just say, yeah, OK, we, we, we need to uh, balance the, the, the team out a little bit. So, yeah, OK, 20 million will do. They're going to want to get a decent chunk of money back for him. Um, so if he doesn't leave, then Guardiola's got a headache because he's, he's going to want to play still and he's going to want to be involved because he, he, he wanted to leave last summer and was still involved for most of last season and was uh, and was pretty damn good for most of it. Um, so it's. It's going to be interesting. I think um, Guardiola's talked about seeing Grealish as a number eight, so he can he can kind of um, sit alongside Kevin De Bruyne in the team. Um, that asks the question: Then where's Gundogan going to play? Where's you know are they going to drop him a bit further deeper into the six role? Where you know Fernandinho was looking quite good at the end of last season. They gave him an extra extra year on his contract as well. Uh, Rodri's going to want to get into that holding role, and then. The other option becomes: Can you force? Uh, can you can you force Grealish to play from the left like he has been doing? Uh, been doing for Villa, and the problem that causes is that I know a lot of City fans want to see Phil Foden there. They want to see Raheem Sterling there. They want to see Riyad Mahrez on the right hand side. So there are a lot of options. Um, the bonus that that Grealish will have um, is that City will have a lot of fixtures this season. They'll, you know, like we said. If they if they have a season that's anywhere near as good as last season, they'll play in sixty odd games again. So there will be time for him to settle in, and there'll be he'll, he'll get his chances. Um, but it's it just becomes a question of what shape are they going to look in. I mean, the, the, the other the other thing that we've not talked about yet is Harry Kane. 
Um, we're talking about, you know, if City don't get Harry Kane in, they, they're likely to play with the false nine setup that they had for, for most of last season. And that opens up another midfield position. If they, if they do get Harry Kane in, then there's another midfield position there that's gone because the, because the striker's taken it up. So it really will be interesting to see how, um, how they set up. And I don't think we'll really have a clear picture until the, until the, until the transfer window closes at the end of the month. Yeah, I mean, you brought up Harry Kane then, just we'll, we'll briefly just um, go dig more into that before we, we go on to the rest, because as you say, it could be quite key to how you, you know you set up, and especially on players' outgoings. Um, I was just, I can't remember, oh, uh, Ale- the Leicester representative we're talking about, and unfortunately, just we, no team seems to be willing to spend big money this summer, and that's where Bernardo Silva is going to struggle, you know, to get out the, the teams who you would reckon would be in for him, as you say, the Barcelona, the Real Madrid's, they can't sign anyone, even even Juventus, and I don't even know if, if Atletico have got the money, really. Um, we, we almost need one signing to go, and then like like a domino effect. Yeah. Players sold, but uh, on, as you say, on the Harry Kane one, I mean, how how optimistic or realistic do you see him being a Manchester City player before? Then I... Yeah, I, I really have flopped on this, uh, because, um, a couple of weeks ago, if you've asked me, I'd, the, the, when, as soon as the news broke that he wasn't going to training, I, I'd have thought, right, that's it. There's, there's no way he, he, he doesn't play for City next season. Um, but then the statement that came out that was, I mean, I mean, the statement was a little bit, um, it was, it was a little bit, uh, like a knitted scarf, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was, please like me. I want to leave, but please like me. Um, and that, that says to me that, um, not that he's having second thoughts. I'm, I'm fairly sure that Kane wants to leave and he wants to move to City and City wants him. Um, but I know that City aren't just going to go to Spurs with a blank check and say, stick, uh, stick a number on that and we'll sign it. Um, and I know Spurs are not going to, uh, they've got, what has he got, three years left on his deal? They're not going to turn around and, uh, and say, yeah, all right then, we've haggled all summer, but go on, we'll take a hundred million like you did for Grealish. So there's, there's probably a deal to be done. Um, but I think the two parties are probably too far away from, from what they want in it. Um, and you kind of, you, you kind of feel a bit sorry for Harry Kane in all of this because he's, He's he's made his bed now, and I I kind of wonder if if anything will ever be the same with him for for, for Spurs and Spurs fans if he doesn't get his transfer. Um, my gut instinct right now, uh, as we record this, is that he's probably going to stay at Spurs. Um, I think I, I think City are going to want to want to not be seen to be just splash. I mean, they've spent 100 million already this summer. If they have to spend another 150 to get Kane out. Um, then they're, they're going to look at that and go, this is, this, this, it's a really, really bad look for us, especially in the, the, especially in the climate that everybody else is experiencing right now. Um, but on the flip side, they, it's almost like they, they went balls out on the line, you know, a few, uh, a, a, a few weeks ago and just said, listen, we'll, we'll pay whatever we want to get these deals done because we can and we could have done last summer, but we chose not to. There was the story that last summer they, you know, on top of all of their transfer business, they could have afforded Messi and they could have they could have got that deal over the line but it just wasn't possible to get him out of Barcelona um if that's true and they were in that position that they could do that on top of their transfer business I've got no doubt that they could spend another 150 million on 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 Kane and and everything would be well um I I mean even the prize money alone from last season was something in the region of 220 million so there's, there's 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 surely the funds there to get it done 
Um, and then it becomes a case of, of, of how do you want to look? Do you want to, do you, do you want to look like you're at least trying to be responsible with what you're doing? Or do you want to, or, or do you want to just go, you know, bollocks to it? Let's just do it and, and to hell with everybody else. Um, and I, I kind of feel like City are in, are in that. Like, like they almost went for that second option this summer, but now we're considering just how, just the optics of the deal and how, and how it looks uh, from the outside. And then the other side of it is, you know, they, Spurs hold all the, all the cards in this transfer deal. They can demand what they want for, for Kane. He's got three years on a contract. They don't want to sell him. They don't have to sell him. They don't need the money from it, from, uh, from his, uh, from his transfer. Um, so it's a, it's a case of what will, uh, at what point is their tipping point for, for, uh, how valuable he is to them. Um, and, you know, what is he? I mean, I, I would have made a case, not, maybe not last season, but the year, be- but the season before and before that, that Aguero was the best striker in the Premier League. Um, since Aguero's injury and since he's left, you'd, you'd probably have to say Kane's the best striker in the Premier League and Spurs have him and they've got him tied down. So it's, it, 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 I think a deal is probably a little bit too far off uh, for this summer. And then the interesting aspect of, uh, of all of that on top of that, um, is, is Guardiola's kind of position is Kane or nobody right now. Um, if he goes with the nobody option, Erling Haaland becomes available for his, for his, yeah. um, um, release clause next summer. So that will be, um, a real kind of, uh, that, that'll be a real scramble for everybody trying to get the funds together for him. If City have put their eggs in the Kane basket and they've got Kane over the line done and dusted, then they might not be involved in that. If they haven't and they're still looking for a striker, you can bet your bottom dollar they will be involved in that. Yeah, I, I think the Kane deal is going to go down to the first two fixtures Man City have. If, um, if there's a draw or a defeat in there and a lack of goals, I feel they may just go say, do you know what, just just give us some. There's, there's your money, we'll take them. Um, yeah, I mean, you know you know already, don't you, that the opening weekend's finishing Spurs 1, City nil, Kane the only scorer. So uh, it's it, it just, it has to, it just that's how it has to end, that's how football works. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, as far as, as far as outgoings, um, do you see anyone leaving? Obviously, we, we mentioned Bernardo Silva, but unlikely due to the, the fee that you'll demand. Um, uh, I think Emmerich Laporte was looking for a move at one stage. Is that still the case? Um, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed with Laporte, if I'm honest, um, largely because his his value became so clear to City in that year that he was injured with, uh, with, with uh, I think he had a knee injury, I've forgotten now. Um, but he, the, the fact that he spent most of 2019-20 on the sidelines and City were leaking goals left, right and centre, um, and as soon as he came back into the team, they looked a little bit stronger. It kind of, it, it kind of made his importance to the team rocket. And then last season came along. John Stones plays the season of his life and quite rightly earns himself a new deal. Ruben Diaz comes in and, um, I mean, there was a, there was a ridiculous stat around, uh, kind of the end of January where City had conceded something like 10 goals in the Premier League and six of them were in the first two games before, um, Diaz had signed. And, the fact that that he came in settled the defense down and just it left Laporte fit available and on the bench and instead of looking at the situation and going um well you know John Stones has nearly been out of this club several times now because his performances weren't up to scratch um and I came in and replaced him he he knuckled down and worked hard and got himself back in the team 
when Laporte was given his chances, it felt like he Guardiola said a thing on the on the Amazon documentary that um, when when City hadn't played well, there was something in in one of the dressing rooms that he wanted to see no bad faces, um, and it it's felt like Laporte's had a face like a smacked ass for the last kind of six, 12 months or so, just because he's not been in the team properly. And so it wouldn't surprise me if he was still kind of anchoring for a move away. Um, again, it comes down to who's going to pay that money for him uh, and where he'd be happy to go, because uh, there's also talk that Spurs would be interested in, in Laporte if that, if that could be part of any, any deal for Harry Kane. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't desperately want to see Laporte go, um, but he's not in my first choice defence right now. I'd still like to see it be Stones and Diaz carrying on. And so if it comes to it and he wants to leave and City get a good offer, I wouldn't be against telling him and I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't begrudge him the, the chance to go and play elsewhere if he's, if it means regular game time for him. Um, but on, but in terms of, of, of merit, he, he doesn't get into my City defence right now. Yeah, I think that's the, the common consensus. I think it's same with, it seems to be Pep's preferred to as, as Diaz and, and Stones as well. And fair play to Stones as well, because as you say, he was, he was completely out in the wilderness. Just, I just, mean, the, 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 the point with Stones where I thought he's never, he, he's done it was, uh, they, when they got knocked out to Leon in the Champions League, uh, in, at the end of 1920 in that, uh, pandemic, uh, mini tournament that they, that they did at yeah. the end of the season, uh, Guardiola went with a back three. Uh, and he picked Eric Garcia, who had already announced that he wanted to leave the club for Barcelona on a free transfer at the end of his contract. And John Stones was on the bench. And I thought, if you're not getting in the team when he's playing three centre-halves <laughs> and you know, one of them actively is trying to leave the club, like you ain't getting back in this team at all. And so credit to him that he, that he did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now's normally the part where I'd ask your prediction for the season, but I'm going to guess that your prediction for the season is going to be title winners. If not, I'd be very disappointed. So um, I think we'll, we'll we'll skip that one on, and I'll go straight to the three-player question. So I need three players from you, David. One who you think will be your player of the year this year, Man City player, obviously. Um, a player to, to look out for. Obviously, none of your big names. Um, just somebody you think might break through or... Somebody who's been on the periphery of the squad that you reckon is going to have a good season. And then a fantasy football player, like one you would tip to, to do well in fantasy football for the, for the, the so-called experts out there. Yeah. Uh, so I've already forgotten what the first one was. Is that player of the season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who do you think it'll be? Um, it's, it's normally at this point where we say Kevin De Bruyne, um, because he, he runs the show when he, whenever he's in City's team. Um, except he's, he's not been the player of the year for the last couple of years, uh, in the sense of the one that's been the driving factor and the one that's, that, that's kind of really stepped it up and, uh, and been the one to, uh, to lift the team. I mean, last season, um, I, I think it went to Ruben Diaz in the end, uh, but yeah. Ilkay Gundogan was was really you know in there with a shout for for how well he played. Yeah, um, I I I I'm really backing Gundogan again to have another another big season. Um, but I actually think City's uh, the the potential that he, that that this guy's got for for, for next season for um, a, a big season. I think you're looking at Raheem Sterling again for for City's player of the season. Yeah. He had a dip last season. He had a really really bad end to the season uh, to the point where. Where um, 
when he was starting for England in the Euros, I was thinking he's he's just not in form. He's not the player I'd pick right now if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest. And he turned his form around in the Euros, and I really hope that's the springboard for him for for, for next season to get back the, the form that he had. Um, so I'm going to bank Raheem Sterling to be uh, City's Player of the Year for next season. Um, in terms of uh, players that uh, don't get the headlines, there's there's two that I want to mention, but I will pick one. Um, the first one is uh, is Zinchenko. He he's not a left back. He's an attacking midfielder who's playing at left back. Except he's now a left back for City. Um, the fact that that he's ended the last few seasons as City's first choice uh, left back has been a real credit to him because there's been a couple of points where uh, like even the club have just been saying to him, "Look, will you just leave? Will you just go? We've accepted a bid for you again. Just go." And he's gone. No, I want to I want to stay and play here. Um, and they're going, but you can go and play in, in the position that you want to go and play in. You can play in an attacking midfield. You're not getting into this team as an attacking midfielder. And he's gone, no, I'm, I'm fine at left back. I'm enjoying what I, what I'm being asked to do. Um, so he's been, he's really gone under the radar and he's the reason why City again this summer haven't gone out and, and gone looking for a left back because Benjamin Mendy is, is, is a, a, a catastrophe waiting to happen. His, his injuries have, have really just decimated his career and it's, it's a real shame because he's nothing like the player that City signed in, in, in 2017 and he's probably never going to be that player again. And as good as Cancelo's been, he is right footed and, and, and ends up being a right footer playing on the left and it sometimes looks a, a, a little bit awkward. So it's interesting. Zinchenko really has nailed down that position. Uh, but the one who's, who I think will be uh, really set to shine is Ferran Torres. Um, he had a big Euros with Spain. He did really well. He was finishing the season really brightly and possibly had a shout at a, a, a place in the Champions League final had it not been for uh, Cancelo being sent off against uh, Brighton in the second last game of the season and Guardiola sacrificing Torres to bring another defender on at that point. Um, he had a he had a great game at Newcastle when everything went a bit bonkers the week before. He'd started really well against uh, against Brighton, um, and then even though he did well against Everton, I think on the last day of the season, he just didn't have the time then to get himself into the team for for the Champions League final. Um, the fact that a lot of City's squad is coming back late or will be back late, I think he'll play a, a fair chunk of the opening games. Uh, and it's kind of a, a, a sink or swim moment. We'll see how well he can do. Uh, and I'm backing him to do quite well. And then for fantasy football, um, I don't know why anybody would take my word on this because I am so shockingly bad at playing this game. Um, I, I would I, In my team is Phil Foden. And the reason is uh, he's cheap for uh, a City player. He's likely to play a fair chunk of games. Uh, he won't start the season. Um, he's he's one of the England players that came back, I think, the day after the Community Shield, and he's injured. So he's, uh, he's going to spend the first couple of weeks not in the team. Uh, but as soon as he gets in the team, he'll provide goals, goals and assists all this season because he, he, he was doing that last season. And I think he's only about seven and a half, eight million in the in the game. So it's if, if you want... Somebody who is as close to being a guaranteed starter as you can get because City look a better team when he's in the team uh, and somebody who's going to earn you points for not a lot of money from City than uh, I think Phil Foden's your man. Unfortunately, anybody who plays fantasy football just never can trust Pep Guardiola. Yes, that is also true. You have to have like five Man City players somehow and just keep rotating up as he does because it's um, trying to second guess Pep. Um, and games is the most frustrating fantasy football aspect of it. Um, one more player I'll take from you, which seems to be a, a, a it's from one of the guys in the Man the Post um, network. They want to know if you could get rid of one player and you would drive them to their destination yourself. Which player would you happily take, whatever club they went? To? <laughs> um, 
I, I feel I feel bad for the guy. Um, I really do. But uh, it has to be Benjamin Mendy. He's good. He, he's good for the squad. But I don't. I just don't see. I, I don't see how he can offer anything to City anymore. Um, and it's again, it's it's not his fault. His his, his knees have have basically packed in. Um, but it's it's just it's just not worked out. Um, and he'll he he the annals of time won't be kind to him at City. They'll, he'll go down as an expensive flop. I think the mitigating circumstances that that he has around his City career uh, will will sadly largely be forgotten. Um, so I, I'm always keen to stress that it is the injuries that have done for him. But um, but I, he's just not the player that he once was. Yeah, I, I knew as soon as you said that, I knew that's who, that's where you were going. Um, well, that's that's the end of that. It's kind of hard when we knew where your prediction was going to finish. But um, thank you very much again for joining me, David. Uh, if you'd like to let everybody know where they can find you and, and obviously promote the podcast yourself. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're not too pissed off with me, I am uh, on Twitter at David Mooney. You can find uh, Blue Moon podcast all over the internet. Just search for it; you you, you can't miss it. Um, and uh, I also do the Athletics uh, Why Always Us with uh, the Athletics City correspondent Sam Lee. That's out at the start of the week, and then Blue Moon's out at the end of the week. Excellent. And you can find us at Man and a Post on all your social media channels. Same with the podcast, as as David says, for Blue Moon Podcast. Anywhere you can find a podcast, search Man and a Post and you will find us. Chris and the gang will be back on Thursdays now that the season's about to start. Um, myself, Dave and Simon will be back with a weekend review in your ears every Monday morning um, going over the weekend's results. So, yeah, give us a give us a message online. Make sure you rate, review and subscribe. Um, again David thank you very much for joining me but yeah thank you again thanks for listening guys and always remember to keep your man in the post